Hello and welcome to another English episode of Education Newscast. My name is Christoph Hafner and with me today co-host Thomas Jenewein. Hello Thomas. Hi everyone. Hi Christoph. And we have a special guest, uh, as we always have, and today it's Alexander Grape, Customer Advisory Lead, S4HANA Strategy at SAP, and um, yeah, another podcasting colleague. Um, so you are running your own podcast, and we will talk about that later on more. But first of all, a very warm welcome to you, Alex. Thank you very much, and yeah, great to have me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are really happy to, to have you here, um, at least not only because you are a podcaster as well. So that's um, a kind of guiding topic with Thomas and me um, also to, to share um, experiences in knowledge transfer, learning and podcasting. So we will definitely hear more about that, I think. But first, uh, Alex, could you please introduce yourself a little bit more detailed and um, tell us what was your journey so far? Because I think um, your title, customary, uh, Customer Advisory Lead as for HANA Strategy, um, does no, is not that self-explaining to everyone because there is a lot... Um, Yeah, of, of beef behind, so to say. So, yeah, thank give you us very an much. In that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, about my journey. Um, as so much, not so much was planned. A lot of happened by coincidence. Um, basically, my roots are that probably is a bit different to most of the people working at SAP. I do not come from, let's say, a pure SAP or pure software background. My background, where I started my jobs and my, my career was more or less in business consulting. So I was not so much talking with the IT in the beginning. I was talking mostly with business. So for example, like when I was finished with my university, um, I was sitting in customer offices, like telling them and uh, calculating for them what, what their perfect stock levels would be. Or for example, how they should like um, have their product uh, production processes uh, worked out and so on. And so we did at that time a lot of um, these topics. And so I was very, very much involved in these kind of process optimization projects. Um, it's most of the time with discrete industries or like uh, car manufacturers in automotive. So then I came, which was about like 10 years ago to SAP. And at that time I was, since I had this background, more of the, let's say, um, project manager program manager um, I did like the pre-series at that time of a big German automotive manufacturer for some years and then I was because I was a little bit I think probably had was known for the difficult project I was at that time from my boss then asked if I wanted to do something new and he said yeah there's a new technology from us which has to be now implemented for the first time at a customer and he had to look it up you like he was on the telephone and you heard that he was like grabbing for a paper and he looked for it and said like and this new technology is called pause hana he said hana not hana but hana and <laughs> it was like hana. this early like the people did not really know how to spell it probably so by this i become one of the first 
program and project managers of a HANA implementation of a big cust as a big customer. And it was at that time um, was it was a big German DAX company, and uh, the technology was very immature at that time. So we had let's say lots of red lights of course and i had like my weekly call with Bernd Leukert at that time who was responsible from the board level with all that um Hasso was calling me twice like how is baby's doing um i always tell the story that is quite interesting when you are like on the autobahn at high speeds you get something like an unknown waldorf number on your telephone and you say like okay let's go in and uh, take that call and then you hear a voice saying like hello this is the office of hasso i will connect you and you said like what oh my god yeah that you really get on the brakes and try to get the nearest parking place as possible because that's not a conversation you want to have like at 200 kilometers power on the autobahn and by this maybe i, I was then caught in with the topic so i then changed i always say i changed to the dark side of the force so it became part of the sales organization and as that uh, in pre-sales and customer advice i'm now responsible uh, in the mee region so basically in the whole europe for um, explaining what s4hana is all about which is our next generation intelligent erp And also, and this is very important for me, because I have that background, not only what this is all about and what the intelligent enterprise is all about, but how people, how adopters should behave and should approach this topic to get something in the end which brings the horsepower to the street. Because what, what's always very important to me to explain like to customers and also but also to insight is this is not nothing of a self-runner. It's not like you turn it on and then you are something like an intelligent enterprise. Uh, intelligence is not as easy as that. You have to do something for this. And if you do it wrong, and this is not only like in, in implementation or in the approach, but also like in selling and in talking with the customer to it, you will probably not get the best possible solution out of it like you what you could get if you did it right and that was also like the reason i started the podcast um, which is the sap experts podcast because i said like i need something of a loudspeaker where i can position those topics prominently because it's not only about the medication it's also about the disease when you want to if you are a doctor and so on, want to make things better. You do not talk only about the medication. You have to know the disease. But then, of course, and this is the third, and in my opinion, even the most important aspect, you also have to talk with your customer about the cure, which is the mindset, like the behavior you have to adopt so that the medicine can fulfill its purpose and can, let's say, uh, in the end... Um, kill the disease so this is like the first uh, or the third um, element which is very important to me in that aspect like to talk about and to try to teach people like what is the right mindset what are the best practices what are the do's and don'ts because they are at least as important as knowing what a solution is all about or what the customer strategy is all about Mm -hmm. So you usually um, have to explain a lot of things to customers, I assume, but you mentioned your podcast already, the SAP Experts podcast, and um, I tuned in to that, um, of course, as well. And um, the question 
would be what is the concept um, of your your podcast in in detail and you already outlined it a little bit and um, yeah what are the topics and who are the experts uh, you are talking to well the the basic premise of the um, podcast is that and this is my of course my personal opinion but it's it's the same feedback I get from a lot of customers. I'm not really happy with the way we, and with we, I do not mean only SAP, but the tech industry at all, uh, in some is more or less communicating their topics. Um, mm. It's, I think, um, very good pointed out with what um, a CIO of a customer of mine told me when he was like saying, I, I'm not so sure anymore if there are really people working in these tech companies like you and all the other stuff. Because you have the feeling whenever you see like these short videos that are like everywhere, that they are just like robots or like Borgs completely assimilated. And they are always reciting marketing messages over and over again. Repetitive, repetitive, repetitive. And... That was something where I say like, okay, we have become probably too sleek or let's say too polished in that way that we, how we communicate to our customers and how we approach topics and how we um, try to win customers for what we do, for what uh, the applications that we make. And that I say, I want to do a certain step back in that way that I, even if we are a tech company, do not want to cover tech but i want to cover people i want to like have in my podcast people with an opinion with experience with best practices who are able not like to only make a pitch but also to like sell what to do and what not to do because that's what customers need from us especially now in our ways when uh, disruption is all about and things are changing now especially with covid we have something of a new normal waiting for us but but everybody talks about new normal nobody knows what it is And everybody has just assumptions. So people are really looking for orientation. And, and the answers they need, they are not like in tools or in services and so on, but they are in people, in experienced people. And we are a people business. People sell software and applications from people, not from machines. And that's why it's for me, this is, let's say, maybe my personal mission I feel a little bit into, to bring the people more back into the spotlight so when you are a guest in my show it's not something about like what you represent like a certain product or something but it is about you and what kind of experience and what kind of best practices you have concerning these kinds of topics that you represent mm. so this is basically the concept mm. and that's a great point because also what we think is that uh, podcast is a ideal great medium yeah let's say to have a dialogue to tell the story uh which in in, in the end then is always about uh, people if it's about a story and so so today what we want to discuss with you because you of course are on the one hand also a real expert but also have had to talks to many experts so today we, we would like to let's say double check let's say what you think what skills are important for sap experts Perhaps we can start with that and later we also would mm -hmm. like to come to your favorite topic like the S4 area. So what, what, what do you think, Alex? So what skills do SAP experts need these days, more in general, perhaps? Well, talking about SAP experts, this is, of course, very general. I want to 
let's say, mm. cut it a little bit into, let's say, certain customer-facing roles, which I think we can cut it most in probably like account executives, pre-sales experts and value engineers or in like consultants um, because the what I think what is needed in these roles to be successful is of course different. Well, generally spoken, overall solution, I think the skill set that you need and in that aspect, it does not matter um, what kind of role you have. Um, it has gone far beyond the solution itself. Yeah, it's it's not about that you should know everything about the solution like the features and functions and all the bits and bytes and then you're an expert um, if you're like that I think um, you're probably will not stand a minute customer facing because that's not how it works anymore um, you have to know the value proposition and not only that because um, value proposition alone also is very generic you can say like these typical generic slogans um, like in that industry in that process you can be better by doing this of course but this is still much too and far too generic um, this you will be very hard pressed to find customers who really jump on that because i think it's always a little bit risky like where you try to explain a customer his own industry because in doubt he knows his industry better than you so you should not try this in that way What's much more better, of course, is that you have the empathy to um, talk with the customer about his situation, about the strategy on the customer side. And then from that point, you derive, and this is what I think is what we need in the moment, and I've made a, a concept out of that, a capability. You have a capability-based argumentations from which then on you then can go to the solution. So you need you use to talk about capabilities to connect the customer situation with your own applications. Like for example, when you're talking about a customer about what like we said in our conversation before, what his strategy is, what his customers are expecting from him in the next three years, what kind of business model he wants to approach. Like from from If you do that, you're already in the right direction because you made, um, let's say, forward-looking discussion. But to go from there already back into a solution and say like, okay, that's your solution, uh, that's your strategy, this solution solves all your problems. This is not believable. You, you're missing the connection. And the connection to it is not like features and functions, but it's capabilities. And capabilities means like things you're, you need to be able to do as on the customer side to fulfill your strategy. And these capabilities then can be covered by an application. And when you get this link, like, for example, saying, like, as a capability, you need insight to action to be able to fulfill or to offer your customer a perfect customer journey, then this is something of a loop that the customer understands. So generally said, this is something like a mindset you have to adopt. And if you are, for example, an account executive, you probably do not need details solution knowledge in itself because you probably would be like completely lost when you would look at the whole SAP portfolio and um, in that aspect um, would be uh, and you would be expected to be able to talk about everything this is not possible of course but um, as an account executive you should like um, be able you should have the relationship know-how you should be able to recognize the situations the customer is in and be able to connect him to the right people to solve this 
in a certain way that a customer says like, okay, I'm interested in these kinds of topic or I have these challenges and then connect the customer with experts who are those experts in that area that really solves the issues of the customer. And these experts, for example, can be, for example, pre-sales experts. I think the pre-sales expert is one of the people who has to transform the most, especially now in the digitalized area in 21st century, because the pre-sales expert was known as basically the guy with the demo. Yeah, so like the pre-sales expert mm. was called into an... Um, workshop and the workshop had an agenda and this agenda was like for example talking about let's say cash management and then the preset expert went there showed his demo about cash management and answered maybe some questions but he did not really care for the customer situation but be because he came from the solution side yeah so he was talking about the solution and he explained something to some things to the customer and showed some features and functions and then he went again to the next customer this is basically what a pre-sales expert used to be like and was seen as like and in many aspects often today still is which is in my opinion a problem because the pre-sales expert in my opinion has to be now something or let's say different, he has to fulfill several roles. The first role, he should be, in my opinion, something of the consultant of the account executive. Because imagine an account executive as a customer has a certain issue. He knows that probably this solution A, for example, is able to solve it for that. But he cannot, of course, promise because he's not an expert. Um, he's the relationship manager. So he then, of course, asks the pre-sales expert about his expertise, if he could help. So what the preset expert now should do because he knows cases where this has helped. He knows the customers working with that or working in or coping with certain situations. He then should consult the account executives on like how to approach that topic for the customer, what could be like the next steps, how you could make an agenda for a good workshop mm -hmm. and so on, um, like what to talk about in the first step or maybe not to talk about because probably it's too early and guide the account executive through the sales cycle and then of course execute the workshop by being the expert by like talking to the customer about his strategy about what what let's say situation he is in um, present the solution how it can help talk about the capabilities and be in that case much more of an advisor of course than he has than he just used to be the value okay sorry, which is yes. actually standing um, so, sorry Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just wondering um, who is the main, um, yeah, the main person that needs to have a, a broad set of skills there. I, I think it's maybe not the um, account um, mm -hmm. guy who <clears throat> is a little bit like the the um, tip of the. Um, pyramid mm -hmm. um, but on the other hand you want to avoid that you come up with the the basement of the pyramid with a hundred experts yeah. just to be able to answer all possible questions the mm -hmm. customer might have so that you need a complete bus with sap experts um, to to tell um, uh, everything the customer needs to mm -hmm. know so is this um, pre-sales role really then the yeah the person who needs to to have a broad base of of knowledge um of course not each and every detail but 
being able to to give advice in in the most important and most common frequently questions that customer have that's of course where different types of pre-sales experts come in um, like when when you have a typical customer sales cycle or a customer approach the first let's say appointment on a content level you have with a customer is is not yet a deep dive in most of the cases but it's like with with executives talking about the topic they want to know about the strategy they want about the value proposition and so on and want to have something like a 360 view about this topic you do not yet in that area in that aspect in most of the cases go right into the deepest level of expertise not yet and probably also you should not do this because if you go too fast into in deep knowledge in the beginning you may look a uh, loose the view and the perspective about the strategic level and that's why i'm quite a proponent of the way to really like discuss at first the strategic topics and then when you have sorted this out and so on then you go into the details and uh, of course you need different let's say skill sets in there like you have you need mm -hmm. these leads you who may do like the first pitch you may do like the strategic alignment with the customer and then you have like deep dive workshops where the let's say lob experts go in like when you talk there you talk about the pure finance stuff with the finance people then with the about the manufacturing stuff with the and the supply chain stuff with the supply chain people and mm -hmm. so then of course you have like the lob experts talking about this but again these should be in my opinion lob experts that's what you f should mm -hmm. feel yourself like committed to not being something of an application experts for one application working within that lob Because that would not be enough, in my opinion. Now you really have to, especially in the LOBs, really to talk about the business happenings there, the issues what they have, like uh, do they have like uh, probably in supply chain with the capacity planning or with their orders and the order management and so on. And you really have to be able to discuss these business topics with them to be then believable when you propose a certain application as a solution for that. And uh, Alex, what do you think? So, especially if we look at the overall market, so not only SAP employees, but let's say also our partners, our customers. So, where do you see currently the biggest gap? Is it this business understanding? Uh, I, I heard, uh, for example, our German user group, they did a uh, needs analysis, for example. They found out, okay, you also need to have newer agile working methods perhaps also look at the mindset uh, data management is also something um, this were just some uh, snapshots what i heard but what is your experience where do you think is the biggest uh, skills gap especially in the sap context yeah um i think there are maybe like not just one gaps mm. there probably will always be gaps happening this is like in, mm. in markets happening that you have gaps but in my opinion the probably biggest gap and where this kind of let's say transformation of this ecosystem of sap itself of partners and partners are very important in that aspect because they're in many cases the most important contact point a customer has but also in the mindset of customers who are approaching this topic is that we need this business skill set because like for the last 25 years SAP always talked to the IT. This is like was like normal. If you are an account executive, also your first meeting, of course, was with, was with IT. 
um, which is still true in a certain aspect, but a lot less than it used to be. Because, for example, um, there are lots of cases, especially in the cloud cont context, for example, when ERP solutions, like our S4HANA cloud solution, um, was implemented at the customer side with any or, or almost any involvement of the IT at all. Like, for example, um, Saskia Fontaneva of Inovabi, she in my podcast, she told about one project she had when, like, the only person at the customer involved from IT side was a working student. Yeah, so you see the, let's say, focus has completely shifted. It has become, since it's now about really about digitalization, about changing business model, about having different capabilities, you have to talk with business and you have to have business in the center of your activities. And business is paying for all of that. Yeah, They have the budgets. They, they do the decisions. So it's natural to talk with them. But if you talk with them, mm -hmm. of course, you have to talk in their language. You have to avoid that what I call Sepanese, um, which is like mm. the SAP um, wordings that nobody understands. <laughs> um, so we have to talk with business, about business, and in their language. And this is, in my opinion where we have the biggest gap yet because we still like trying mm. to hug our old comfort zone friends at IT and do not really step out of this comfort zone and talk about business. This is, in my opinion, the biggest gap because digitalization is not about like doing things better that you have always done before. Yeah, if like we talked in the beginning, um, you have to step out of this thinking that going onto like the new digitalized ERPs is about improving existing processes. That's not what it's all about. It's about doing things mm. that you were not being able to do before. So you, it's not about comparing A to A, but A to B. And this you can just do if you talk with the customer about business, about the capabilities, about how he's working. And um, that's, like we said, the bridge that brings the customer to the solution and in that case, um, if I would be asked, like, what would be sk the skill set which is most important, then I would say, like, try to be able to talk with customers about their daily job, about their daily business, the way they work when they in the morning come into their office. That's how we mm. really have to start thinking. So it's really also about translation and interpretation, uh, right? Yeah, so and I also Absolutely. know that from my past when I was in HR. So I think on the one hand, only business skills is not enough. You need to understand the tech, the mm -hmm. capabilities, the, the use cases. Uh, but if you only know the tech and not the business, you're absolutely, yeah. So that's also not enough. So this uh, integration makes sense. So do you have any tips, mm -hmm. uh, let's say, next to listening to a podcast, like your podcast, uh, any tips uh, uh, how to become a real expert? So our tips are always, let's say, try it out, uh, just do it. And uh, next to more formal learning, also do this collaborative or... Uh, Uh, learning by doing. So what are your tips uh, to become a real SAP expert? Um, I think it's like when you want, it's similar to when you want to become a good driver. Um, you can or you need a certain theoretical knowledge. And that's when you get, for example, when you are in a driving school and listen to like um, how all the signs work. 
but in the end um, it matters when you sit in the car how how you drive what the car feels like to you how you can handle the car um, that's what then keeps you out of trouble and safe on your way from a to b um, the good driving you do not learn in an academy you you just learn by doing by real life mm. so that's why i think like a lot of shining diamonds concerning expert stills are not even working at sap or our partners but on, on customer side yeah like those guys who really work with the system from like every morning nine o'clock till 5 p.m they know their systems better than me Yeah, they, they know really what, what's working, what's not working and, and, and how you do things. And very often I see like situations where partners are taught by customers how things work. And when you want to become an expert, um, then you maybe, and you are maybe a young person, why not work some years, for example, as a user on customer side? Or at least, and this is my opinion which is very important in consulting like implementing all the stuff that you try to sell at a later point because then you know that it's not something of an let's say self-driving car to get something implemented but it's all about implemented right and you want to have something in the end to get the horsepower to the ground so um try to be outside try to really work with it try to use it And by this, get more understanding um, about the reality and the people working with that. Because they, in the end, decide if you will be successful or not. And uh, so, so your, your key focus is, of course, S4HANA. So um, let's perhaps uh, look a little bit on that. Uh, S4HANA is uh, yeah, an enabler of the intelligent enterprise. Let's say that's how we put it. Mm -hmm. So... So it could be, uh, probably it's, it's similar there. Yeah? You also need to understand the business uh, 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 and the capabilities. So however, could you deep dive a little bit on that? What, what are key skills there? So perhaps product, but also methodology uh, or even, I yeah. don't know, are there soft skills? What do you also need? It's um, especially, yes. If, if we stay with the picture that we have in the beginning, I know it's maybe a little bit... Doesn't that seem a little bit weird in COVID times to talk about like medicine and, and, and disease and cure and mm -hmm. so? But I think this image sticks really into the mind. If you say like, probably we are a lot of a pharma company who sells medicine, and what you should not do, and this should be like your first um, thing when you try to talk with customers about the intelligent enterprise, in the way that you go there and say, look. This is a medicine. Now let's look for the fitting disease for it. Because this is a lot what happened in the past. And that's what really has to stop. For example, when you try to approach the topic from the deployment side. Like when you go and say, I will sell to you S4HANA Cloud. Don't do that. yeah, Because you are putting a deployment model in the center of your focus. Which may be, of course, important for your own sales bag but definitely not the first priority of the customer. It's one of many elements, but not the first priority, if it's in cloud or not in the beginning. You really have in the beginning to talk about the disease of the customer, like what your medicine has to make better. So if you want to have good soft skills in the beginning of this process, your first soft skill is to be a good listener. 
like really mm. to listen what the customers is telling you about his, his situation about um, like like we said customer his customers or um, his competitors and then try to be empath um, empathic and get a good view of that kind of situation and then with the help of this capability concept like we discussed about finding the right medicine for that and like we said the third part which is very important is the cure because like um, if you have pneumonia and you get antibiotics they will not do any better if you continue running naked through snow you have to behave accordingly and that also happens in let's say approaching ERP you have to have a certain mindset like we said like it's a strategic discussion it's a business topic you have to look forward mm -hmm. then in the end if you have this kind of package and you fulfill these three elements knowing the solution knowing the strategy or the problem of the customer and knowing the best practices how to get there then you I think are on a good path of becoming a good S4HANA expert And you just mentioned best practice. That's a good uh, let's say, uh, hangover. No, uh, not hangover. Uh, cliffhanger. <laughs> This was probably, uh, probably a Freudian. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> no, as a, but you, you're often you're, you're often at customer side. So do, do you have any examples where customers really did a good job in upskilling, let's say, their team uh, also uh, in the, to that directions? Um, I think upskilling starts, like I said, with mindset. And um, one customer, of course, you have a lot of customer who's like saying, like, ah, oh, okay, I want to approach this topic, but I do not want to make a big fuss about this. We will do this as a pure IT conversion, and then in the end, we will go to our business and say, like, okay, look, we you are now working on a new system. Now, let's go there and there and find some innovations and some some goodies for you, and that there will be no digital champion coming out of this kind of approach i think is very clear but there are mm. these other customers who realize that of course this will be quite some undertaking but this is something like a one in 10 years chance that they have like to do things right now like to set things right because probably their business model has changed in the past and the rp is not really fitting to it anymore or like the um, business model will change um, they they have realized that they know that they say okay now we are on the brink of a point to make things different make things better but by really first communicating to people and saying like um, things are different now but to the better and what you now decide to do and what you now like put into the let's say um, the implementation list what you want to have now as capabilities and features and so on will be now will define the work you will do like for the next 10 years every day from let's say nine to five so do it good make things capable for you look into what your um what your needs out and help us help us implement it and by this he really gets people into a mindset saying like okay yeah things are changing because let's say um, like our business reality has to keep up um, because for example in your private life um, your private life completely consists of modern GUIs and so on and uh, going into apps mm -hmm. and something like this and this is how we 
in our private life work since 15 years with our mobile phones and iPads and whatever we have. But in our business life, for whatever reason, we kind of want to stick still to transaction codes and then like go into drop down menus. And if I have something of a discussion um, about like if I have like drop down menus or, or buttons there and so on, I'm on a completely wrong way. So the, the most important skill set, like I said, is really get this kind of thinking that you want to do things better. You want to bring the horsepower to the street and the skills that you need for this, of course, is like, of course, your own business case, your own, the area where you work with and your own process. But um, of course, what this is all about, what what is the strategy? Where are the points where you can be better? And um, this is by really doing this sidestep and talk about what the topic is all about and not about like concentrating on, on features and functions. So the best practice in that area definitely are like going in that way, concentrate on tangible innovation, especially. Yeah, I see a lot of people from partner sites or from customer sites like overcoming these kind of innovation stops by talking about the cloud castles, like things which may be possible like in five years, um, which is nice. Yeah, you can definitely talk about, uh, okay, we have something like a um, blockchain case here, but this is not what you will have on a short term mm -hmm. probably. And this is not what you need like to keep the lights on. Yeah, also absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah you you need something yeah. of a balance. You of course need some like yeah. a vision because this like keeps your 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 line tough. This keeps your organization moving. But you need also these tangible innovations, these these short term mm. benefits. What everybody working in the office really sees now. Hey, I'm I'm now doing better than before. Hey, this is great. I'm I'm looking forward to the next release where even more things are better. Um, and, and this is, in my opinion, the big best practice. Like, do a forward-looking discussion based on this. Go on tangible innovation and try to bring yourself forward. Not by like saying, like, ah, this is an IT topic. Uh, I will exchange the platforms and that's, that's it then. It's not like that. Yeah, I think we, we could also describe it. You need to create tangible experiences of change. Yeah, so and uh, yeah, that's something what we also really like to ask uh, always our podcast guests. So let's say, what was your latest, uh, let's say, learning experience? So you, you personally, so could, could you share that? So what uh, what did you learn so lately? You mean like a uh, Heureka moment. <laughs> In a certain way, yeah, Maybe. or perhaps some, <laughs> something with one, yeah. I, I may, 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 maybe my, my latest and my biggest Heureka experience I had in my life. Mm. Uh, the latest was probably really when I, I realized that why, why do people work like they do in legacy systems? It's, it's not because they want to work like that or industry specifics or things like that. And pro of course, you always get kind of that told because they most of cases also believe that but if you dig deeper into the point you realize that they do not work like they work in legacy systems in existing systems because they want to but because the limitations of the legacy technology this is the only way the limitations of the legacy technology allows them to work like 
And this came more or less when I had a discussion with Uwe Grigolait, who is our senior vice president, um, for the go-to-market. And this basically make it clear what kind of consequences it would have if you do this kinds of backward-looking discussion. If you look like what you have always done to like continue that and doing this a bit better. You would transport the limitations of the past into the future. And uh, why basically digitalization is about to not doing the same things all over again, but do things you were not able to do. And this made it very clear to me. And I think this is something we always ha mm. should have in the back of our head when talking about this. And the probably biggest hurricane I had was, um, it was on, yeah, 20 years ago when I was a student in your university. I was not a really good student, to be honest, because I did not really like the way knowledge was transported that probably i was it was a big misunderstanding because probably i would have been better in what is called in germany fachhochschule because that's more when you go into like real life stuff in the normal university it is to like that's teach you abstract. To oh. abstract and to like work scientifically not mm -hmm. really to prepare you for anything And that's why I did not really feel myself in the correct place. So I, for to, to level this out a bit, I was concentrating on a lot of practical work, like doing jobs next to it and so on. And of one of these jobs, like at that time, it was like in year 2000, um, working in a absolutely cliche new economy company at that time. I was like the working student there, got a little bit of money, it was in Munich. And... For guys who are like old enough, like as us over 40, remember it was like the era of big dreams and uh, big words and so on and probably very few products just behind that. And it was like that. It was like a company where everybody was, everything was awesome and everybody was happy and everyone was like, how are you doing here, the big thing and so on. And But you yourself, you were working around a little bit naive and thought like, how how are they earning money with what and nobody really could explain that to me and i thought like okay um i'm just like a like a kid more or less and those are like um they're driving the big cars they have the suits and the fancy haircuts and so probably they knew more than me then i found out that i was right uh, that uh, yeah they, they, they did not earn any money And um, the, as a consequence, this company also got like bankrupt with all the other new economy companies who went bankrupt during that crash because many things were either not there or just too early. And my Horeca at that time is like, even if somebody in a, in a great suit and with a big position and probably a big title tells you something like, this is the way to do and this is the way to go and so on still use your own artificial intelligence to say like, okay, this is his idea. Does this correspond to my experience? I do. Because a lot of time it's better like mm. if you follow your own guts more and your own experience more because you are in that situation, you are working with these customers and so on, then what is told, what is told you. I will give you an example. Mm. I thought it was really interesting when it was a, at a time like a few years ago when it was highly promoted like to make make these kind of small videos yeah it was heavily promoted like use these kind of platforms use iris and so on, make these kinds of videos which can be quite useful in a certain way but um like you know when a new thing is like promoted um everybody does to do it every time and everywhere and so i was there at the workshop it has like had an agenda and i was doing the pitch there 
and after me like it was like seven other topics came with seven different um 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 experts talking there and like the first one came like say okay um i want to introduce myself he said to the customer by showing you a small video and he was like showing a video that he made of himself for like four minutes talking about some things and customer said okay i'm look watching now a video of the guy who is standing right here in front of me <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's awkward. Then yeah. he had after that like his his uh, his slot where, where he talked like 30 minutes about this. Um, then the next came a woman and she said, yeah, yeah, I'm here expert concerning that. I also have a video for you. And the customer was already like looking a bit weird. Okay, are we here now to watch videos and cinema? Why why does does she talk to us here directly? And it was like becoming apparent that this is probably not so good running, not so good working out. But <laughs> the interesting thing was like the third guy came saying like, Haha, he was already a little bit ex excusing for also having a video prepared. <laughs> And the interesting thing was not only that everybody, all of these guys and girls like are, who were in the workshop had prepared videos but they were sitting in the workshop they were experiencing that it probably does not really work out but still everybody showed his video and i did not understand that like you have to apologize that you are now showing a video and you feel everybody is like um not really enjoying this it was probably not so, such a good idea but everybody still stick to it and so this but, is something I what really, i huh. mm. yeah sorry yes No, but but I really like and hear out of this is that's and uh, so that you really like to uh, challenge the status quo. So uh, absolutely makes sense. It's probably similar like with endless PowerPoint presentations, which is a yeah. real habit, uh, uh, unfortunately. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. so so if you look at and that, that now, that's what I wanted to say as a message. Mm -hmm. Like if you if you got something proposed, <laughs> yeah. even from like let's say, um, either but. It, it, it's probably a good idea, but always like look into your situation. What mm. is it really supposed to work out well? And if you realize that probably in this case it's not such a good idea, use your own unartificial intelligence uh, to say like, okay, I'm deviate from this like official uh, route and uh, go something what I, from my experience and from my expertise, think it's now for this customer the best thing and um, because that's what we are paid for you're getting paid to use your brain to act in a situation best for you and your company and that's what you should do and if you look more perhaps more tactical so do you have anything what you want to learn this year uh, anything on because you know many people have to do's endless to do lists but not all have a to learn list and that's uh, as it's also insightful and interesting to, to double check on that uh, do you have any anything more let's say short term or midterm let's say for that year that's a good point uh, do you mean privately or professionally well whatever is up to your mind so i think sometimes also the private things it's up to you on on your person so um There are, let's say, lots of things I'm interested in, but unfortunately do not have the time to become something of at least basic abilities, which is a pity. Um, I, I would be qu quite interested because we're doing podcasts. We're doing something like a, just a 
mm. audio uh, medium. And um, of course, I think the video topic itself is interesting if you do it good. And mm. the level, of course, to become good in that way does, in my opinion, need even more, let's say, invest on the technical and skill level than doing just the audio medium, of course. Um, and when I look, for example, at what uh, you, you know, like the clips of Timo Elliott, for example, Mm. Um, yeah, he's, he's awesome. like one yeah. of our innovation evangelists and uh, I also had him yeah. as a guest and I thought it was like before Sapphire this was so awesome when he was like not standing in front of something like a background and talking things but he, he lives in Paris and he had something like a GoPro on a stick and uh, this was like facing to the Eiffel Tower who is in the background and you have there of course this huge park with that rectangular meadows and he used the grass and he was walking and talking to the camera and, and was approaching the camera with the background the Eiffel Tower in the background and he was using the green grass of the meadow as a green screen for let's say additional video information and so on special effects that was awesome and I think like if you really want to impress some somebody in that way, you have to be on his level. But this is something um, where I say like I probably would take a lot of time to become to that level. And when I'm at that level, probably nobody is really caring about that anymore. Because that's why I'm happy to having jumped into like the podcasting thing at a very early stage, not as early as you guys did because you were like true pioneers. And I really think you're having done uh, great work and, and, and laid down the path for a lot of people who came after you. Um, but I would, to be honest, would not start now with a podcast anymore because like to become, come up to the level um, with the, the, let's say, other podcasts who are around um, would be maybe a bit late to excel. But I want to have my eyes open and maybe find some new things, new, let's say, platforms of to communicate with people and customers and so on, which are probably not yet really um, sold. So I try to learn still about what is new, what kind of channels are new, what kind of technologies are new, and of course learn how customers work and how customers think and uh, I do this by reading, watching, listening this is a very quiet process in the end where you should not talk so much like I do at the moment Okay so we watch out what you will deal with in the future perhaps coming up with a TikTok sub-expert channel or so yeah <laughs> Let's see how TikTok is uh, doing in a few weeks That's <laughs> well, critical right. in these days <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you just mentioned that you uh, like to learn in a more silent, reflective mode. So is there anything you, you could uh, share, like which sources, podcasts, whatever kind of platforms, what you use uh, for keeping up to date? I'm completely surprised by this question. That's why I have prepared here a list of books in front of myself <laughs> uh -huh. um, to be honest what 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 is a book which is really um really inspiring me a lot in what i like how i talk and discuss with my customer is uh, pivot to the future by omar abush paul nunes and larry downs discovering value and creating growth in a disrupted world it's basically about how companies should react and should approach disruption 
and excel in it. And this is really, in my opinion, interesting, the possibilities and the solution and the projects he tells there. Um, so Pivot to the Future, this is one which is very interesting, in my opinion, a must-have for anybody working in tech companies. Concerning the process itself about... Um, Talking with customers, there is a very interesting book by Eric Peterson and Tim Reister called Conversations That Win the Complex Sale. It's a little bit, a, um, let's say, that the title is a bit uh, not so easy to remember, but um, you have here on the backside Ken, ha Ken Hamel, Senior Vice President uh, of SAP for Global Solutions and Pre-Sales, mm. uh, saying that like the concepts outlined in this book are critical skills to building a world-class pre-sales organization. So obviously, if Ken Hamel is being here on the back of this book, this has to be good. And it is good because it basically um, tells you like how you should approach a customer situation like when you talking about a solution about capabilities that you that this is all about storytelling it's about a story yeah that you how you argument it's not about going there sell, selling features and functions but being able to like embrace the situation of the customer in your approach and by this is a book which is very interesting um, and then if you want to learn something about how to achieve big things um i'm i'm a car guy i love classic cars race cars racing history i'm doing a bit of racing myself and a very important and interesting book to learn how to achieve almost impossible things is a very unusual book probably to call it but it's called Porsche 917, The Winning Formula by Peter Morgan. And this book basically tells the story of how the greatest race car of all time was made with almost no resources and uh, a true David versus Goliath approach. And um, if you want to learn like how an organization and how people in an organization should think and work, although this was like in 1969, uh, 1970, when this, what happens in there was happening um, if you want to learn about this how an organization should be should work how the mindset of the people should be in a kind of organization like this this is really interesting um, a really interesting book to read that sounds interesting so we will put all those in the show notes so readers can uh, no listeners can read along yeah cool thanks <laughs> uh, Alex so, Christoph, do you have any further questions? So, I think uh, we moved along more the general SAP skills topics, uh, that listening skills are important, business skills, we looked at S4, and also Alex's own, let's say, experience and insights. So, Chris, anything from your side? Any questions or so I forgot you would like to ask? No, I, I think we, we covered everything um, so for me it it's always very interesting to um, listen into these personal experiences and these eureka um, moments when you really got the point and understood something when you have this little click in your brain and and world seems to be completely different um, so this i en enjoyed very much and um if um, you, dear listeners, um, have further questions um, on us, uh, I think you can approach all of us on LinkedIn. 
right? Um, you are there as well, Alex, and mm -hmm. we can um, connect um, all this and, and mention it in our show notes and put uh, your book uh, recommendations in there too, of course. And um, if you uh, like this podcast, of course, you, you can give us some um, um, feedback on LinkedIn, on Twitter or on um, iTunes, on Apple Podcasts um, or some stars just so, um, and of course, um, as we, we are currently working on this English channel as well, so this goes out to the German-speaking and the, the international community there. Um, if you have any topic recommendations you would like us to talk to or people we should um, interview, um, please let us know on, on um, uh, LinkedIn as well or Twitter. And um, I would also like to thank um, our Open SAP colleagues once more here at this point because um, um, they have now introduced a very nice new podcasting platform which um, makes our life a lot easier and mm -hmm. um, it's much better than before to publish uh, podcasts there. And um, you can join us there on Open SAP. Um, as well so and there of course you also find um, the SAP experts podcast right? absolutely absolutely good so yeah Thomas I think we are done for today from yeah. our side I think we, we covered everything um, so uh, thank you so much for being here thank Alex. you for having me yeah thanks It for your time really a pleasure and um, yeah, then um, let's look forward for uh, the next episodes and look forward for more episodes of the um, SAP Experts podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.